everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Patty G Show. We are here at Red Stick Spice with Ann. She's gonna show me how to cook, because I have no idea how. And we're also gonna learn about her story and just all this fun stuff that's happening here at Red Stick Spice, which just so happens to be right down the street from my house. So this is gonna become a new hotspot for me. And a big thanks to the people making this show possible. Falaya Real Estate and Government Taco, also right down the street from here. And without further ado, Ann, Welcome hey to the show. Thank you. How fun is this? This is going to be very exciting. Yeah, we don't yeah. normally I'm behind a chair just drinking and sipping on some brews, but actually we're going to make some food. Yes. In addition to asking you all types of deep, thought-provoking, stop-mid-cook questions. <laughs> okay. And we'll have a cocktail. And we'll have a cocktail. Of yes. course. It's, it wouldn't be the Patty G show without a cocktail. <laughs> so for those that aren't aware, what is Red Stick Spice and what are we about to cook? So Red Stick Spice, we're especially grocery store. So when you walk in, people know it's mostly for spices, but we have olive oils and balsamics. Um, and when you walk in, you're hit with the smell and jars of spices everywhere. Um, but we built in this teaching kitchen, so we teach cooking classes. So we teach people how to use the products they buy from us. Genius. And there's more. We are opening a tea bar later this summer. A so, tea bar? In yeah. the same space? or in, On the other side of the store, a barista okay. will brew you a cup of tea. A yep. cup of tea, which we're going to be using some of your yeah. tea infused to make simple syrup, simple syrup in the cocktail. the cocktail. Yep. Okay, so let's get started first. What are we cooking? Okay, so we are making a really simple fish taco. I've perfect got, for South Louisiana. Perfect. Um, Louisiana snapper that I grabbed from the farmer's market. Excellent. And it just couldn't be simpler and it comes together really quickly. But So what we're going to do first okay. is make the things that go along with it. Got it. So these are our little accoutrement that we always have tucked in our fridge to make something, to elevate something that's maybe simple or humble, make it something extra special. So these are the things that we're constantly teaching in classes. We can teach a fish taco, but in five minutes, we're done. Wow. What we want to teach is make sure folks know what to put with it and how to make a red onion become amazing pickled onions. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do is make the pickled onions. Okay. So we could do this with our eyes closed in our classes. We teach it so often. So if you start to think about pickled items, they're everywhere. So if you think about sushi, mm -hmm. there's pickled ginger. Yep. If you go to a Cajun Creole restaurant, they have that little bottle of those little peppers mm -hmm. in vinegar. Mm -hmm. um, and we can go on and on and on. Pickled items are in just about every cuisine. And it's the way we our palate sorts out rich flavors. So think about okay. a sushi roll. You've got a lot of carbs. There's lots of sticky rice. You've got mayo, sriracha mayo mm -hmm. sauces. And that's the way we cleanse our palate, but it's also the way we balance flavors when things are rich. Okay. Um, so that's why a pickled item is there. And it started way back when they started putting a pickle on the side of a really rich Jewish deli sandwich. Mm -hmm. So that's how all that started. But this is this is when I when we think about our idea of a pickle. Now, pickled items have been way beyond that. Oh yeah. So this is about the we call it the quickest quick pickle. It's about the quickest pickle you could make. We do okay. it with red onions. We've done it with radishes. We do it with um, cucumbers, and it is not a pickle that gets canned into a jar that you then like, store on your shelf or yeah, they, give they, to your neighbors. Yeah, they last for a long time, years, right. or you make this is, excellent gifts and all that. And there is definitely a place for that. And we teach that class here, by the way. Okay. So this is more about let's make a quick pickle to accompany this meal or okay. maybe have a little bit extra to put on my sandwich tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So this is less about let's have a pickling session and put things in jars and put them up, as mm -hmm. they used to say. This is more about a quick pickle to have with this dish. So I'm going to take garden variety red onion and I have my mandolin okay. and I have it set pretty always. This comes with a guard. And you should always use it. <laughs> There's the, the, the safety precautionary right. statement. Um, but I have it set pretty tight so I get really thin slices. But I'm just going to slice this red onion. I'm going to do about half of the red onion. And just as my fingers get close, I'm just going to stop Excellent. and pick up the other piece. But there's the red onion. And it goes into this bowl 
and all that's in this bowl. And we can send you these recipes. If yeah, we will. We can, put it, we can put it on the comments and for, on for the Facebook yeah. Live. And for those listening to this, it'll be in the actual show notes of the episode. So all this is is distilled vinegar, okay, sugar, and salt. Excellent. You can do apple cider. You can do rice wine. You just need vinegar and sugar in a particular ratio with some salt. And that's all that's in this bowl. And you're going to do this. You could do it early in the day. You could do it 30 minutes before you eat. You could do it 10 minutes before you wow. eat. Okay. Um, so it is just something briny and salty and sharp to have with something that has maybe a rich component or a high carb component or a creamy component. Um, but that's all there is to it. And we're going to put a chili flake in it. So in the Middle East, this would be called torshi. torshi? This is on okay. every table. This is with every meal there. They have a little quick pickled something. So we have tons of pickled, quick pickle recipes on the website. Um, and this is about as quick as it gets. We teach this. I feel like there are classes where I'm like, are we really teaching the pickle again? <laughs> like we keep, we keep doing this, but it's, that's because it's just so necessary. It's, it's necessary. And so like within Red Stick Spice, what is, I mean, what's your background? This is a lot of, you know, very delicate and actually intricate knowledge to have. What's your background? So I, um, I'm a chef. I went to culinary school, but I went okay. later in life. I went when I was 40. Um, so I'd already had a career in copywriting and marketing and I wanted to go to culinary school. And I told my husband, he said, that sounds like a good idea. And I went the next day and enrolled. And I went. Wow, yeah. that was a quick decision. Yeah, I um, I drove down the bayou for three years to Nichols okay. and got a Bachelor of Science from there. So I'm a chef, but I don't have the years on the line. You okay. know, chefs will talk about, you know. Like in the, in the restaurant behind all the burners and everything, just slinging out dishes. Right, right. Okay. I don't have much experience there. Um, I'm, you know knowledgeable as a chef and I'm a food nerd, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. My kids were still young-ish, like middle school okay. when I graduated. And I started a little catering company. And, you know, when you have kids, it just everything happens. And there I was making sandwiches at three o'clock in the morning because my catering business was just box lunches. Sounds okay. so simple. Yeah. Box lunches is throw some stuff in a box and call it a day. Adorable. I called it Lunch Lady, and I was making sandwiches at three o'clock in the morning wow. to try to get box lunches to Our, Our Lady of the Lake and Blue Cross to get oh, you know so for you their meeting, like, like, like a medical sector lunch, corporate lunches. Okay, corporate and lunches. And so, and I'm going in with chili flakes. Going the chili flakes and the purple onions. Yep. Okay. And so I was looking for a job, and I was a customer of this store. And it was the day I dropped off my resume somewhere and I needed ground bay. So by this store, you mean Red Stick Spice? Yep. Okay. And it was down on Jefferson behind CC's, closer to Bocage. There's a yeah, um, Eliza. Yeah, I know. Eliza. Yeah. Okay, got it. So I went in to get ground bay and I had become friends with the owners and they were like, we're ready to retire back to California. Do you want to buy our store? And I said, yes, I do. Wow. So I bought the shop and it was... I. I feel like I've really brought it a long way from, from what it was. They were great business people, but they didn't know anything about food. Mm -hmm. And I immediately just immersed myself in all the products and started writing recipes and sending out newsletters. And, and so we quickly outgrew that space and started looking for space. So we moved to Mid-City, here in Mid-City in 2016. And this space that we're standing in was available. And when we were looking at it, I was like, I'll never need that much space. So this, like, we'll this, be just this, fine. this demo kitchen space or this, uh -huh. this, the class space. So they walled it up and they leased everything over there where the actual store is. And two years later I said, I actually do want that space. <laughs> so, okay. um, we knew we needed to expand the retail. We started getting a lot of questions about cookware, but the main thing was the cooking classes. So we did cooking classes for years in the little room over there. That's going to be the tea bar. We okay. taught cooking classes three, four nights a week on portable burners wow. and booked them. So I had a really good feeling that this was going to work. If I can teach it on a portable burner in mm -hmm. a space where people were literally shoulder to shoulder cooking, I was like, we can make this space work. Yeah, I mean, because the, so, the space you have now, yeah, which is absolutely it's elegant, luxurious it's, it's incredible. Now. I mean, I love the design and the, the feel of the space in here. 
So if you want to, if you want to do a cool cooking class, guys, come to Redstick Spice for sure. Thank you. I had a, a repeat customer in the other night for a class, and she had. This was her first time in, and she said. I miss the coziness of the other room. And I was like, woman, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, that was not, cozy is not what it was. It was it cram. Was, Cram's the word we would use. a magic trick every time we taught a class wow. in there. It was wild. It was Tetris yeah. every single time. Um, so other than that woman who I quickly turned around, um, everyone else has just been smitten with with this new space. Oh, so I we've had it. a lot of fun. Thank you. So we just we just did the pickling. They're mm -hmm. sitting in the vinegar with the pepper flakes. Yep. Okay, so what's the next step of this fish taco dish? So we're going to make some noise um, okay. because we need to blitz up a really quick, spicy, it's cool and spicy, okay. cilantro sauce. Ooh. So... This is coming together with sour cream. Mm -hmm. um, we use our ranch dressing blend. That's a blend we sell there mm -hmm. to make, you know, regular garden variety ranch dressing. Um, and we're going to use that blend, but we're going to take it other places. We've got a product that we sell here. This is a pickled jalapeno. This is a local artisan. He's a gentleman. You can meet him at our farmer's market. It's called Woods Foods. That's good. And he makes a pickled jalapeno, and he's adorable. <laughs> and it's a great product. And then cilantro and some lime goes okay, in there. Perfect. I, lo so, I love the local aspect about what you do here. Like, that's what I was telling you this morning, whenever, or this afternoon when we got here. I took a deep dive into your own podcast, which we'll get into later. And I was just all about local helping local people, which is huge as shown in here with this jalapeno product. Right, so these folks work hard. It's it's not, you don't just jar this in your kitchen and go, you know, people are like, oh, you should sell that at the farmer's market. Like it's a business. It's a process. This is their livelihood. So he produces at the LSU incubator. And that's really how we find um, most of our local products okay. is that the folks at the incubator make sure we know who's in there producing, who's um, looking at producing a new product, and um, will usually end up carrying that product. But oh, excellent. Yeah. So even though it just looks like a gentleman who's making some pickled jalapenos in his kitchen, it, that's not what it is at all. That's his business. Yeah. You know, he's producing this product. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. So what do we got to do with this? So this is a little, this is an immersion blender that has this attachment. So this is going to act like a small food processor. Got it. So all of this, we're going to squeeze the lime. Okay. But all of this just goes in the food processor. And you can use that little spatula there to push everything in there. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be really loud. But we're going to... It'll be worth it. We're going to blitz it up. And that is going to be a sauce that we're going to eat tonight. But you're also going to park it in your fridge. Okay. And it's going to be great as a sandwich spread. Or if you had leftovers and you made tacos again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, so again, just another condiment that we teach right. in our classes. One of the many that we teach that are just flavor bombs. So that, all of this cilantro? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that you can just have tucked in your fridge and on hand. And then in the evening when you're like, not another boneless, skinless chicken breast, you know, you've got something to take it somewhere else. Right. And that's the, also the cool part about the classes is it is teaching outside of just how to make a fish taco. Because to make a fish taco, we'd be like, all right, throw it on the, throw it on the pit. We would We're be done, done yeah, by done. now. Yeah, it would be over. So I'm going to get you a little squeezer. I had one. Let's see where it went. See if Lily can grab one, but a great little squeezer squeeze that's going to get all oh, of that like out an of there. Press, and it's going to leave the seeds behind because nobody Ooh. wants a seed. So yeah, this is true. But pop of lime, cilantro, some heat, the creamy ranch, um, and yeah, it's going to make a great sauce. So it actually goes cut side down. Mm -hmm. Cut side down. Yeah. And then you're going to press all of that in there, and you're going to do both of them. Got it. Got yep. it. And it's going to get every single bit out of there and leave those seeds behind. So for those wanting to do a class for a dish like this or something like that, what do y'all typically range for numbers wise? Is it how many people can come to a class? What's your ideal class size? So anywhere from eight to 12 folks. And we do classes a couple of different ways. You can go on our website and book a class, one of our, what I'll call our public classes. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, Lily's got a class coming up, it's sold out, but life-changing chicken, okay. you know, eight separate people booked into that class. Mm -hmm. 
Now, we do a lot of private classes. I did two private classes last week where you just gather your group of eight to 12, pick your menu, and then you come in with your group. We had a book club one night and then a team building for a medical um, oh, wow. a facility. Yeah. I didn't even think about it from a corporate perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, hey, everybody come in and cook. If you burn your friend or you cut your finger off, well, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be a team. And so it was the end of the day for them. So they brought some bottles of wine and they had a great time. And yeah, super fun. Okay. That's excellent. You're going to press the plus sign and it's going to be loud. All right, we got ready. Just hold it down. Yep. It's not too loud. I'm sure it's like just going crazy on the mics. We good there? Go a little bit further. So this is a little nifty tabletop device. Yeah. Yeah, like we that. love that one. Okay. Good. So now that is super smooth. Ooh, that is. Really, really bright green. Cilantro smells amazing. It's good right now. It's going to be even better tomorrow after everything gets married. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, sits for a minute. Um, but yeah, we're going to use some of that tonight. And then um, you'll have, we'll have extra to tuck in the fridge. Perfect. And again, one of those things that just, you know, is there to bring tons of flavor and solve a problem more than anything, you know? Right. Well, it's like if, if you, when you make it for dinner and you have it left over, you're going to use it instead of going to make a sandwich on a Saturday and you're looking for something, you're just going to settle for a bland sandwich. Right. But if you have something extra from the meal you cooked, now you've got something to spice it up on the fly. Yep. Yep. Which I love. Yeah. So we love teaching all these little sort of back pocket recipes that bring tons of flavor and load up your fridge with things that you made that can really elevate what you're making for dinner that night. So we've got our pickled onions made. We've got our cilantro sauce. Mm -hmm. And we can move on to the tacos, but they're going to take five minutes. We can chat. Perfect. Or so this kitchen, you, you were telling me something funny, not funny, but... Poor timing right before we got started about the expansion into the kitchen, which happened roughly a little over a year and a half ago, right? Right. Right when COVID hit. Right. So you were looking to do this expansion, business is going great, and then bam, what happened? So we had plans drawn up. We went back and forth, back and forth, you know, talking to contractors, working with our architect. Finally, we got to a place where we felt like, um, we were building in the the right set of things. Right. Everything's approved. We sign on our loan the day John Bell Edwards um, sent us home. Wow. And so that was tough. That was tough to think about. Do we do this? Do I lose my interest rate? You know, <laughs> you know, what do we do? And so we just, you know, we're like, we have to have faith. And and so we moved forward. So um, I'm a grocery store, so the other side there right. is is a grocery store. I was open during COVID. We didn't have customers coming in. We were doing curbside and we were delivering. Right. But I'm a grocery store, so I was essential. So I never sent employees home, and we never fully closed. We just immediately shifted mm -hmm. to online predominantly. Right. So it wasn't... Like I signed the loan and then went home and watched Netflix for four months <laughs> and wondered what is what's going to happen to the store. Happen here, yeah. we were still churning away in here. You know, we were still every day. They call it everybody did a pivot. Mm -hmm. I it felt like panic to me, but you know everybody's like you did a great job pivoting. I was like, well, we were just you know like let's try this. Um, but the nice thing about being a small business, Galen Iverstein put it perfectly when I was talking to him about it. Someone like me and Iverstein's Farm Butcher, we can pivot. Like, mm. we literally started doing curbside within two hours. We just went on our website and and put it in there. Whereas big, big companies, it's like turning a cruise ship. You yeah, know, it, it takes It takes time. a long time yeah. to do that, which then allows smaller businesses to stay afloat for a little bit longer because the cash reserves aren't as high as with yeah. big businesses. Costs a lot of money to move a cruise ship. Doesn't take that much to pick up a bicycle and turn it. Well, and speaking of bicycles... Uh, Yep. I don't, still don't quite know why I did it, but we did it. But we got gotcha bikes here, and my staff delivered on bikes Which is to incredible. Old Goodwood and Capitol Heights. I mean, that's genius. Going from yeah. we can have so many people in the store to now let's bring it to them. And then I'm sure that plays in with your marketing background, right? Being able to say, okay, how can I still get my product in front of customers, even though the customers can't come to me? Right. 
which is bikes. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it would, it's a simple thought now, but at the time it was like, why well, am I going to incur the extra cost of having someone ride down the street to go deliver a product? Right. But now it's, no, we have to do that to stay in business. And now it's almost like a competitive edge. If right. you don't have curbside delivery, if you don't have delivery within, you know, a mile, two mile radius. Yeah. It helped that there were no cars on the road, though. Yeah, that does help. That, that helped a ton. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just started, honestly, just trying things. Like, mm-hmm. let's, you know, we did meal bundles. We um, were, you know, doing immediately, you know, free shipping on on the website just to wow. make sure make sure that folks it caught their eye and they remembered who we were. Um, I knew pretty, I could feel pretty quickly. I didn't predict all the bread making, but I did within days of him sending us home. I was like, we're about to see cooking go through the roof, through the roof, but through the roof, owning just, all the cooking supplies and spices. is yeah. a good position to be. I was like, first, they're going to organize. This <laughs> mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. They're all going to be at home. They're going to watch some Netflix. And then they're, I'm going to get all. Ma- was it Master Packers? What's the, what's the show where she like comes in and just organize the whole house? Right. Or Marie Kondo where you yep. ask it. Mm-hmm. Don't you ask it if it brings you joy or something like that? <laughs> I was like, first thing all, and that's going to get old after right. a second. And then cooking is going to go. And I remember the day a customer called. It was probably a weekend. He called me and he asked me, so when you're breaking down a whole fish, do you? And I was like, dude, I've broken down one whole fish in my life. And, that, and I went, oh, that's what's happening. It's like bucket list cooking. Mm-hmm. People are making crown standing crown rib roasts and you know they're making crazy stuff well you have time now right you're home you have time to cook so now it's like come cook which then led you to doing more stuff online right with the facebook lives that you started doing yeah so that was a day two meeting my social media person chelsea came in day two Mm -hmm. and she said you have to go live on facebook and i was like i've never taken a selfie in my life and she said, you, you have to. And we, at that point, we were live on Facebook every day. And I cringe at every one of them saved. Um, they always cr- save. Once it's on the internet one yeah. time, it's out like, there. Oh, the, the thought of having to go back and look at some of those. But yeah, that was a really quick indicator of our customers wanted to still be in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we went live on Facebook every day for a while and then started tapering off. And that was um, a huge part. And not only did it keep us connected, but it also kept us working because we had to generate content. We had to write the recipes, test the recipes, get them on the website. And that kept us, kept me and my staff working and busy. And it felt very like we were moving forward. Mm -hmm. It kept us propelled forward versus that, because I did have those moments of standing here going, what's what's happening? Like, what are we going to do? But when you're forcing yourself to do that sort of work, and it's it's not that it's low stakes work, it's, but it was equipment we already had, it's computers that we already have. Mm-hmm. It's Wi-Fi that we are. You know, we didn't go out and make an investment. We just went live on social media. It was already available to us. So that was the other part of it. It was like, what can we do with what we have right now? Mm-hmm. Right, right in this room to it's make us feel like we're moving in a forward motion. Taking what you have and then saying, how can this be used differently? Right. To still get that edge. Yeah. To still be interactive with the customers. Right. And so. it was the same thing with, we, you know, within two hours, we shifted from, we were still shipping, but we added curbside pickup. Like, that was always available to us. It was always there. We never knew we needed it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, all of those sort of things where we were just like, oh, well, we... <laughs> We could have done that. We could have been going live on Facebook all this time. You yeah, know? you could have been every time you did a, a show or a Zoom call. Or not, Zoom wasn't the thing back then, but it could have been, okay, we've got this great space. It's not used X number of hours out of the day. Why don't we just start training staff and start writing cookbooks and just have them come in and yep. create? Yep. Why don't we start getting other people in here to say, hey, come create in our kitchen and we'll live stream it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Come test out our spices and just start doing more and more active. I think the pandemic showed a lot of people social media, lives, what we're doing tonight, mm-hmm. you know, is a way to get their brand out there that was always there. Right. But it forced them to through the course of COVID. 
And I think for me, the reason why I didn't go live on Facebook was just me being a perfectionist and overthinking it. Mm -hmm. And that when I was faced with suddenly there's no one in this building and Chelsea says, you have to go live. And suddenly you're like, oh, I I actually can do this. You yeah, know? Well, and, it's uh, just, and I'm not going to overthink it. You're just it. looking at, you know, a yeah. little camera, a little lens is all you have now instead of faces. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then my children who are grown, 21 and 23, trolled me in the comments <laughs> every time, oh, you know, gosh. so there was that, that part of it where, it, and it's they an were, interactive bit. Yeah. And they were enjoying uh, seeing me do that. You know, I think they, they knew my hesitation there. And so, um, I know they, they meant it with, with love. Um, but <laughs> yeah, love. it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just like a, a weird time, but it just felt like we were just getting up every day saying, what What else can we try? Mm -hmm. How can we do this? You had to be experimental. You had yeah. to think outside the box. Yeah. So I think we're yeah. ready to cook some fish. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So we've got Louisiana Snapper. Mm -hmm. Again, this is from a local um, company called Anna Marie Shrimp. They are at the farmer's market. <coughs> and I love what they do. And... Um, so I bought some fillets of snapper, but I also bought these small pieces right here. It's called taco meat, and we're making tacos. It's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect fit. But when they clean fish and cut it for a pound package, because they sell everything by the pound, everything that gets trimmed, they put into packs, so they call it taco meat. <laughs> I mean, they usually sell out of it. Um, but yeah, just um, snapper. And then I use this spice blend right here in front of you, Baja Fish Taco Blend. So a, a Latin blend with a lot of cumin, some heat, but not a Latin blend that's based in paprika. You know how a lot mm -hmm. of blends are pink? or orange right. in color. Right. So this one's based more in cumin, onion, and garlic. Um, so just really good savory flavors and perfect for the fish tacos. So let's see. All right. And so it's, it's really funny to see the, the taco meat. So for those that are listening and not watching, you should go watch, number one. Number two, the taco meat is like just little bitty pieces of fish. Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, that's those thoughts that come to your head. We've always been able to do this. And then it's a separate product. Instead of all this waste that's going out of the kitchen, mm -hmm. now it's we've got little, we'll just name it something funny. Right. It's taco meat. Yeah, it's taco, it's fish taco meat. Yeah. So the farmer's market's from eight to 12. If you don't get there by nine, the taco meat's gone. Really? Yeah. So now it's become like a demanded, it's genius. Right. It's genius. Right? I love it. So smart. Um, but we're going to sear this on one side until we get some pretty significant color on here and then what I do, and I do this with almost every protein, is my heat's pretty high on one side, but I'm not worried about burning it or mm -hmm. make, or dry. I think the thing about fish is I'm gonna dry it out. That's what right. everyone says. Um, I'm not worried about that because I know that I can manage my heat. So once it releases from the pan and I get some significant color on there, I'm gonna turn it and I'm gonna turn my heat all the way to low. Really? Now this pan is going to heat up fast and cool down fast. But if this was cast iron, it's going to stay hot. It stays warm. I yeah. would physically move the pan, like take it away from the heat mm -hmm. to get that pan to cool down because I want to cook the other side gently. I want to have a beautiful presentation side that's golden brown and delicious, but I want my other side to cook gently. Um, so yeah, and then... That's it. We'll let this cook through. We're going to eat some fish tacos. I love it. So love let's it. see how I did. Yeah, that's gorgeous. So a little bit of some brown on yeah, top. Yeah, some browning. So what's what's blackening in here, the things that blacken are things that have a sugar content. So for the most part, if you pick up a blackening seasoning, that's going to be paprika. That's okay. the sugar content in paprika is literally burning. Um, but uh, black pepper... Onion has a sugar content, garlic has a sugar content. So all of those things brown. Cause I don't have a ton of fat in this pan and mm -hmm. there isn't a ton of fat in fish. So what, what kind of pan is this that we're using? So this is from a company called um, Zwilling and they are, we sell these here, but the they own a company that sells our favorite cast iron, which is Stobe, which is French cast iron. Um, and so this company makes some great cookware and if you are, you know, we use cast iron a lot in classes, but 
if you are a new cook, if you're an apprehensive cook, if something sticking and burning like ruins your day, mm -hmm. you need to make sure you have a good nonstick skillet in your in your kitchen. New cooks, newlyweds, college grads, I always give them a good high quality nonstick skillet. Even though a lot of chefs would, you know, say, oh, I don't use a nonstick skillet. <laughs> I'd rather a cook feel successful yes. than have a, a, a skillet in their kitchen that they never use because at that time that, that steak stuck. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I'm such a big proponent of nonstick. And I like nonstick for fish because it won't stick, but also a skillet like this isn't going to get crazy hot. And I don't need that kind of heat to cook fish. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to dry out. So yeah, um, I love a nonstick skillet for new cooks. Maybe someone like you who admitted to me that he doesn't do much cooking. No, I do a lot of cooking. I just don't know how to do all the technical. Like I can throw some stuff in a pan and cook. Yeah. But you start asking me all the sugar breakdown, why the fish does this. I'm like, I don't know, it just does it. <laughs> the heat does it, right? So if you want to know more and nerd out with me and Lily on stuff like that, you need to come to a cooking class. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I yeah. Mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cooking class to me sounds like a great like Thursday, Friday night mm -hmm. activity with a group of friends. Yeah, they're fun. Instead of hanging out at the home doing a whole lot of nothing, yeah. come to a cooking class and experience you know something different, something unique, and get to nerd out on cooking. Right. And if you really want to nerd out, you want to look for the classes here that a gentleman by the name of Jim Boytnot teaches. So he's a he's a COO by day. He works for Presonus. He mm -hmm. sits at a desk and does business things all day, but he is a food encyclopedia. Wow! So he teaches our master classes. That means when you come to one of those classes, it is nothing but that thing like paella. It mm -hmm. is nothing but paella. Whereas Lily and I tend to teach more meals where we have a beginning, a middle and an end where mm -hmm. you learn appetizer and main and a dessert. He teaches one thing. He teaches a salsa class that is unbelievable that's just salsa 16 different salsas 16 it's amazing so for folks who like that level and just want to really hone in on one thing look for his classes okay he's doing one on um hot pockets because just about every culture hot has a hot pocket, pocket. yeah okay. you think of samosas or honestly an egg roll mm -hmm. every almost Natchitoches meat pies almost every culture has a hot pocket for good reason, that's how right. workers could carry their food, you know, portable food. Um, he was like, you know, we should do a hot pocket class. I was like, done. So yeah, um, a really cool class on essentially meat pies around the world, you know, different types of pastry and fillings. Um, but his classes are really fun. Excellent. So this, I noticed it's someone else, it's not just you. Is this kitchen open for, let's say someone wants to come in and host their own cooking class? Yes. It's open to do that? Yes, that's okay. available. So um, we have, uh, Lily teaches for me and we have other instructors who come in. Um, but yes, we've had folks who have a group and they want to instruct and that's available to them. Okay. Um, for, for them to teach. And we're always looking for instructors. Okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So how many days a week do you think this kitchen's like, full of classes. What else class schedule? So like? we're we like to be around 4 days a week okay. and keep a couple of days open in case a production pops up or a private yeah. Like us. Yeah, <laughs> or a private class would like to come in. Um but yeah, anywhere 3 to 4 days a week, evenings okay. a week. Yeah. Yeah, right. and this week we're teaching teens. We have um 3 days in a row. Uh, where teens are coming in to learn wow. the basics and, you know, make a lot of really cool dishes. So we were able to do, um, you know, that was about the extent of my summer camp okay. uh, here um, at Red Stick Spice. Um, so we'll have some teens in here for a couple of sessions. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So what's next on our, so on our menu? We are going to see what we think of these tacos. Okay. So I just want to make sure. So this is firm to the touch. Um, cooked through, you know, you want to make sure that it's nice as fir and firm. We can definitely cut into it. I know these little pieces are cooked. The taco but, meat. Yeah. Um, I've got flour tortillas. And can you grab me a couple of plates, Lily? Um, got flour tortillas, and we're going to do our pickled onions and the cilantro sauce, and we're going to see what we think. Excellent. I'm all yeah. about it. So, um, you know, flour or corn tortillas. 
I'm more of a, I'm, more of a I, I'm torn between corn and flour tortillas. Mm -hmm. Like I've had, I enjoy a corn tortilla, but it's like I'm always go to flour. I just don't know what it is about the corn as opposed to the flour that draws me towards it. So, so I, it for me, it depends on the taco, on the really? type of taco. Okay. Um, whether I do corn or flour, thank you. Whether I do corn or flour, but definitely I, I would say I would lean toward the flour tortillas. Yeah. Okay, so let's get some fish on here. So for, for those listening, she has a very cool overhead camera that kind of captures all Just of this work and all this yeah, magic. <laughs> that if you haven't been into her shop at Red Stick Spice, I highly recommend doing so. If not, to get some excellent spices, check out a cooking class. And or look at this level of production of this kitchen. We are in here almost every day. If we're not prepping for a class, we um, write test and shoot all of our recipes on our website. Oh, shoot your recipe. So you like have video and inst instructional videos in addition to a cookbook. And and still photography. So we have a photographer in here. Okay. So almost every day we're in here cooking something and customers are welcome in to come in. That's the cool and, part. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's lots of beautiful stock photography out there of food. We could almost always find a stock photo it's not the same. that would work. It's not. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, it never is the same unless it's your photo, your genuine photo of you doing the dish. Right. So we like to have our photographer in. That's kind of pretty. That is pretty. Um, you're, starting to, you're starting to compete with Jay at Government Taco. That's <laughs> kind of why I did a taco. <laughs> did you really? I love it. Oh, I love it. I love All it. Right. Get a hold of that. That is just fantastic. And so, so good. On my Facebook Live... The great thing about it is if you tune in, you get mm -hmm. to listen to me talk to you while my mouth is full every time. I always take a bite. My that kids are like, why, why do you do that? <laughs> like, you have to stop doing that. I'm like, you have to try the food. You have to taste it. You have to eat. Otherwise, how do you know if it's any good? Right. Right. But yeah, these pickled red onions are always in our fridge. I put some of our pickled, we did some other, we did some cabbage and some tomatoes. Oh, wow. And I displayed them out there um, just to show you like in our fridge, there's always something like that tucked so in there. What pickled items do you sell in Red Stick? So we don't sell, we sell pickled items, mm -hmm. but they're from other artisans. Got it. So we have a jam maker here in town. She lives right around the corner. She teaches our pickling classes. She teaches our jams and jellies class. Ah, stepped out the green line. <laughs> Um, her name is it's Ashley. It's all good. Cody, Cody, Cody with flashbang. He'll, he'll, he'll be all right. <laughs> Ashley with Grinning Jupiter does all our jams and jellies. When you walk in the front door, there's a table and there's all these cute little fabric covered mm -hmm. jams and jellies. They're so good. And she does tons of pickled stuff. So we have that in the store. We have the Woods Foods um, pickled jalapenos um, and a handful of other pickled items. But we try to find artisans who can do that for us. Excellent. Yeah. I love it. All right. Let's, let's, let's give it a bite. Enjoy the next 30 seconds of chewing. Mm, come on. That's good. Wow. Stop it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So. That's very good. And I thought it was going to be very spicy with the jalapenos. It's not. You get a bit of a bite, but it's still so, so delicious. It's, it's so warm. Juicy. Mm. And so with a flour tortilla and the fish and all that cumin and onion, you're, you're in that umami world. And so that pickled onion mm -hmm. helps cut through that and sort all that out. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a great example of why that's always a great thing to have on hand to add to something, to just give it some interest and some depth. But yeah, that's Pizzazz. yummy stuff. Yep. Okay, so you went from learning how to be a chef and everything. Mm -hmm. You approached the people who own Red Six Spice at the time. What was that like taking that leap of entrepreneurship, going from working and then boom, owning your own thing? So from the food perspective, the whole thing, it was easy. Mm -hmm. Like I immediately jumped in, got to know my suppliers, got to um, sort of playing around with all the spices, all the blends. 
I didn't know anything about tea back then. Mm-hmm. And they had a line of teas and I immediately just found an organization. I go to California every year and study under tea masters, started learning everything I could about tea. That part was easy. What wasn't easy was having staffing issues, mm-hmm. um, being my own janitor, being my own repairman. You know, the, that part of it was just like, there were days when I was just like, I can't call the plumber again. Like, <laughs> it's too expensive, you know, and just lots and lots of, I wish there were a course you could take. When you buy, a sm- I'm not joking. Like, like I was just like, like a small business workshop. Yeah, and luckily, you know, all the permits I had to get, they were all very kind and helped me. You know, like here's what you have to do. Here's the form you have to fill out. But I wish I had kind of known that. I wish there was like a binder they had given me, and that because I would have just like I dug in with all the food. You know, I I was willing to learn all of that, but I just didn't know where or how. You know, and so I just sort of felt my way through. So that wasn't my favorite part of it, but growing the food side of it, growing the cooking classes, finding this location, that was all, and it still is easy, you know, as we develop products and um, listen to customers and bring po- products that they inquire about or ask about, um, that that part's easy. But everything else is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other hats of entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, when, you know, you get the phone call at, <clears throat> in the morning that something hit the door and the door is shattered. You know, it's just oh like gosh. all of those things, you know, that but you never, you're not, you're not prepped <clears throat> for when you work for a business, you don't really see all that. Or you might not see all of that. Right. But it's when it's like your own business. Now it's, everything's on me, right? You know, everything is, the buck stops here. Right. So I've got to unclog the toilet. I've got to sweep the floors. I've got to Put oh, cardboard on the shattered door. Right. I unclogged the toilet last week. Um, <laughs> and it's not that I don't know how to fix a door. It was more about, but we were testing recipes today. And now, you know, and then everything and has the- to move, you know. And I'm like, and where is the maintenance guy? Oh, yeah, it's me. You know, so that was the part where I was like, oh, you know, that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting a lot better at it. Um, but the food side of it was just fascinating to me. And, um yeah, I, that's the part I love every day is playing around with these products and then figuring out what's next. What's what's the next thing? So in your make. in your cookbooks, you have videos for all of them, right? So no cookbook. All the recipes are on the blog. Are on the blog. Okay, so no actual printout cookbook. Everything Not yet. Is virtual. That's a 2022 project. Got it. <laughs> um, but in the cookbook, you got to have the little QR codes. Yes. To scan and pop up the video. How do you like how QR codes are back? They're, Isn't that so they strange? Should, they should never have gone away. Right? They should never have gone away. We tried so hard in the beginning and finally we're like, nobody cares about QR codes. Suddenly they're everywhere. I wonder if it was the whole don't want to touch the menu during COVID thing. I think that trained a lot of the more advanced in years crowd. Right. How to use a how QR to use code. It. Yeah. How to use the thing that you normally just call people with to actually order your food at a restaurant. Yeah. Now it's like QR codes are so widely accepted that it's even more prevalent now to have QR codes embedded somewhere in your brand that people can use. Yeah. You know, having whether it be at the bottom of a page or right underneath a recipe, watch the video here, you know, and then you scan the QR code and boom, it's on your phone. Now you're cooking with Ann. Right. You yeah. Know. No. Hey, welcome to page 12 of our cookbook. I'm glad <laughs> you scanned that Q, like play into it so hard. <laughs> but anyways, that taco was delicious. Thank you. We've got to make a cocktail. Yeah. What's yeah. the cocktail? Okay, this cocktail is called the French Horse. French Horse, okay. Ask me why it's called the French Horse. Why is it called the French Horse? I have no idea. Excellent, love the answer. Okay. <laughs> I This caught my eye because this cocktail use, uses traditionally, oh, my head keeps going in the, in the frame. Okay, traditionally uses a mint tea. Okay. So we sell teas. And I like, I started exploring, so on our Instagram, on our IGTV, almost all of it is tea instruction. And then one day, so Rustic Spice is predominantly female mm-hmm. when we look at our demographics. So one day on our IGTV, 
I did a video and I made a cocktail with tea. And the next day, like three dudes came in and I was like, all right, we're going to figure out this. And look, I drink red, red wine. Right. So I was like, I'm going to figure out this cocktail thing. So obviously I hit, you know, an interest with them with bringing in the tea in the cocktail. So I started like watching YouTube videos, studying tea recipes. I'm not a, I'm not a mixologist. Same. Same. So <laughs> shocking. But I started thinking about tea in cocktails and the layer of flavor and the little bit of bitterness that it adds and kind of like started thinking, well, is that what bitters do in a cocktail? You know, just thinking about the things that we do in cocktails, how can tea play along? The other thing I started noticing in lots and lots of blogs, lots and lots of recipes was the making of simple syrups. So syrups are really important in cocktail making. They're very easy to make. But a lot of people were like, make a cinnamon simple syrup. And you make a simple syrup and you drop a cinnamon stick in. And you're not, you did not just make cinnamon simple syrup. There's mm -hmm. no science there that's going to extract from that cinnamon stick. There's not enough heat. There's not enough movement. Like all the things that need to happen, you didn't make cinnamon simple syrup. But I was like, how are we going to get full, full flavor into cinnamon simple syrups with tea? What we do is we make a cup of tea. So this is a Marrakesh mint simple syrup. So it's our the uh, mint green tea called Marrakesh mint, sometimes called Moroccan mint. Um, so it's green tea and mint. I made a cup of tea. I strained off the leaves. So I had this cup of tea and I used the cup of tea with a cup of sugar in a pot to make simple syrup. So instead of making simple syrup with water and adding something to it, I made the simple syrup with tea. So that was the other discovery that we made in terms of cocktail making. So I love these simple little cocktails that aren't a billion ingredients, but are really, really good and refreshing. Right. So the French horse is traditionally simple syrup, lime, mint, and cucumber juice. So this is the cucumber juice. I peeled a cucumber and blitzed it and pressed it through a sieve and got cucumber juice. And you shake it in a cocktail shaker, and that's it. I love so, the simplicity of the drink. Right? It's, it's, well, it's a lot of prep. It goes back to that, that prepping early on to have the drink later. Right. But what did you do? You made us this is so noisy. <laughs> This is the worst. Sorry. This is a terrible idea, Lily. All good. Get the ice bucket, I said. I got a new ice bucket. So it's those noises you never think about. Right. So simple syrup, you've got for another cocktail. Right. So it's a little bit of work, but it's also something just like your pickled onions and your cilantro sauce. I'm telling you, I'm seeing a theme here. It's, right? Plan for later. All right. So we're going to go in with the mint simple syrup, Marrakesh mint simple syrup, and then cucumber juice, and then vodka. Would you grab me two of our water glasses, like a rocks glass? Oh, and I need that squeezer there. You need a squeezer. squeezer. Yeah. The other thing we started doing with some of our simple syrups is we started salting some of them. We make a honey simple syrup that we salt. Salt. The so honey? salt is such a such a yeah. important component of food. And there are times in classes when we're like, "What's going on? What happened? What's going on?" And and then we'll salt it, and then everything makes sense. So salt is so important in food. I started looking at some of these cocktails, and I was like, "I think there should be salt in some of these cocktails." I think that should be a thing, not just the salt on the rim right. of margarita. So I was like, but we would shake it and you would get grains of salt. I was like, there's another way here. And we started dissolving salt in the simple syrups. And so we have a cocktail called the Bee's Knees on, on the website. And it is it has a salted honey simple syrup. And it's just like, it's barely there, but it's just like, it's huh. enough so you can taste it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A little more lime. And then we shake. You want to shake? Oh, of course. I can do this part. Okay. I'm good at this. Not really. All right. So n never in the history of Redstick Spice has the shaker come apart and there's been a disaster. So no pressure. <laughs> I love how she, she says that as soon as I <laughs> grab the shaker. 
set it more. A little more. A little more. I don't know how much to shake a shaker for. Yeah. All let's right. see what we've got. Then come so, off. So little top comes off. Yeah. And let's see. It's not a ton in there. So we may both just get a little, a little small cocktail. Let's see. But look at the color. That's a very. It's beautiful. It matches our cilantro sauce. Everything on color. Matches our taco. Matches. It's like you planned. It's like you planned even the colors. <laughs> Clever. Clever Anne. Right? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay, that's really good. Right? And I don't normally Wait. like cucumbers. Do you feel a little bit healthy? I do, actually. I really do. <laughs> yeah. It's like you feel like, mm, this is nothing. It's spa just, day? Yeah, it's a spa day. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a spa that's day. That's this is delicious. so fun. Yeah. This is delicious. Yeah, right. the French horse. Okay, I got to come back and make, make more stuff and cook more things yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We want to get you in some classes. We want the whole crew. We want all of y'all. Ooh, Flashbang come and the Patty on. G Show. Yeah. Come Do to some cooking, cooking class. classes together. Yeah. Be like a corporate retreat here at Red Stick Spice. I like all you guys. You're a whole mood. So this production room that we're in, mm -hmm. because it's very, you know, for those that aren't behind the camera, there's like a big light and another light over here. And there's all this overhead lighting. This very fancy camera. That's not something that's typical in a a demo kit, not a demo kitchen, but a, a cooking class. So I'm just like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff in here. But this is the fact you've taken time to craft. How will this look on camera? Where production people like Flashbang or even yourselves, because y'all have a production company mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. What was the thought process going into building this? So we were already shooting our own videos, and they're they're. I mean. They're always a, a bit of a setup, but we knew we could do some things to kind of help our help help ourselves out a little bit by kind of like tucking some pickled onions in the fridge. Let's go ahead and build this in here. Mm -hmm. So as we were planning, my husband designed in a little bit of a rig up here so that we could easily shoot videos. But then, you know, as we were trying to figure out wow, why are we doing this during COVID, we also said, you know what, we can also rent this to productions 100%. who need to do a cooking video. And we've done that a couple of times and bloggers and I some mean, organizations. It, it makes an excellent, like I could see like Jay in here. Right. Going through some recipes for his new cookbook, you know. So here's what's cool about it. I'll give it a little plug. You don't have, unless you have your favorite pot or your favorite <laughs> tongs, we have everything you need. You do not have to schlep in your cooking gear. You need to bring production gear unless you need ours. But everything you need is here. And in, in plus staff who know food, mm -hmm. who can help you get set up, who can help you find things. But all your smallwares, all your appliances, all your pots, pans, everything. We have a pizza oven. It's all here. And that's what a lot of these organizations have loved they were like, we have access to kitchens. It's the, but we have to bring everything in. Um, we'll even wash your dishes. Wow. Um, right. So that's what a lot of these productions have loved that they just walk in and say, we're cooking French toast today and we put and you, out and what they need. Yep. Right. And then they've got, I mean, having everything here and easily accessible was huge. But what I also love is the fact that you're right here in Baton Rouge, you know? And so as we are now sipping on our cocktails, we're starting to come to the end of the show. We've got our four basic questions we like to ask people. Okay. So first off, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Oh. We were members of this. Don't ever do this. We were <coughs> members of this aquatic club. Straight into the camera. Don't ever do this. And the clubhouse building was this low-slung blue roof and when it would close we would go in and we would run and jump from the roof into the pool into the pool and i lived, lived. Well, you're tale. still here yeah <laughs> i look at pools a lot and i'm like could would i make it like my, my parents have a similar style roof it's like maybe 10 feet from the pool <laughs> did you jump did you do uh, it no not yet and then they just added on to the patio so now it's even closer to the pool there you go. it's like six feet I'm like oh there you go. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe when I have kids that are old enough to yeah. get up there with me. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Don't do that. Okay. So you, you've done a lot within this kitchen, within COVID and local. I'm sure you've gathered some lessons along the way. 
What are three lessons you've learned? Oh, gosh. During COVID? No, just as an entrepreneur, oh, as a gosh. business owner, as okay. a chef, okay. as a Baton Rougean in traffic. Um, no, make be really nice to the guy who repairs your ice machine. <laughs> yes. In culinary school, I remember this old battle axe chef teaching us, and he was like, you need to know the name of the guy who changes the CO2 on your tanks for your Coke machine and your ice machine. I'm sitting there going, I'm going to be a classically trained chef. Like we need to be talking about French techniques here. And then I own this business. And when the, when the ice machine went out that day, I was like, damn, he was <laughs> right. Like, I really need to know the guy who repairs my ice machine. Okay. Two more lessons. Oh my gosh. Um, She's getting signals. Yeah, I'm getting, I don't know what she's talking about. Um, Be any lesson. Gosh. Get a full head sprint before you jump off a roof into a pool. Oh, yeah. You do need to get a good, good running start. Um, um, I think don't, I think doing Facebook's Facebook Lives showed me that how seriously I was trying to take myself. And you just can't. Hundred percent. You just have to. You, you just you have, have to, to roll. roll. With it. Yeah. And you some days, some days you're gonna have great Facebook lives. Others you're not. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. Um, and the th- third one is. Um, I. Oh gosh. Um, with other local business owners, I try really hard to reach out mm-hmm. and maintain friendships with them. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had worked harder at that in the beginning because the friendships I have now are so huge and important, Hundred percent. but it was not a priority for me in the beginning. And we all need each other. You know, we're all kind of trying to, we're all here to grow the community do the same thing. in our business. You know, 100%. Uh, you know, these are all small business owners who are also unclogging their toilet and, putting cardboard up on their broken door. Wow. So, yeah, I no, think we no could all... want to be nice to them. Yeah, and thinking less about are we competition and more about, you know, how can we help each other? And yeah. I, we, I figured we all figured... There's a group of us, and we figured that out really quick during COVID. We all were leaning on each other as we made... It felt like we were making decisions almost moment to moment mm-hmm. in terms of customers and staff and you know it really helped to be able to bounce that off of that group of people right and know that whenever you do have an idea they're there to accept it or say "Eh, maybe go back to the drawing board right right so what do you love about baton rouge it's such a big it's such a small town big small town little big town yeah yeah so um we're doing some work personally in our yard to um install more Louisiana native plants and learn more about that. And I found out about this house that I should go visit to learn more about. I reached out to them, their customers, and they live around the corner. And it was just like, (laughs) she was like, why didn't you say something sooner? I was like, I don't know. You didn't like walk in the store with your olive oil bottle. And I thought, I bet she has natives in her yard. (laughs) They They don't have that face. Like I have natives in my yard. Right. So, um, yeah, that was super cool. So yeah, it's a big, small town. I love it. Yeah. And for the final question, what can I do to help? Oh, gosh. You need to bring all of these guys to take a cooking class. Um, Are you hurt, Cody? Yeah. Heard him? Yeah. Got it. And and tell your friends. Bring your your apron. The cooking class, they truly are. (laughs) Look, we see it when folks walk in. We see the faces of the ones who have been, you know, told we're going to a cooking class or maybe they weren't fully on board. And though, you know, and I'm just, I just know, I don't, I don't tell them this, but I know at the end they're going to be stoked Mm -hmm. and they are, you know, they're super, super fun. They are not, um, your typical like classroom learning environment. They are really, really fun. And I think everyone should take one. Well, I'll definitely be back. If not with flash, well, with flashbang, we'll have to figure something out. We'll make work something out, make sure we can get out here to cook. But with, I mean, it sounds like a fun family activity to do with Mm -hmm. anyone, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you, Anne, so much. This was a lot of fun. This was so much fun. I had a blast. I learned a lot. Um, uh, you know, it's not easy. It's not difficult to teach me something because I just <laughs> I don't know a lot and I love learning, so that was fun. No, you did a great job. I'm excited to come back and do some more cooking with you. 
it was a, it was a blast. And this for, big fun. for those you. watching or listening, if you're listening to the show, I highly recommend you go check it out in the video format on YouTube or Facebook Live. And also check out Red Stick Spice while you're there. Anne's got a lot of stuff happening, not just within their social pages, but also here in Baton Rouge. If you are right around the corner of Jefferson and government, you have to stop by. And when you're on this corner, you can also stop by our sponsor, Government Taco. They are right there on the corner. And and I think, Jay, if you're listening or watching this, she get, she's going to give you a run for your money if she hasn't already. I mean, these tacos tonight were delicious. But if you want some more tacos every day except Saturday, except Sunday and Monday, go check out Government Taco on the corner of Jefferson and Government. And also a big thanks to Falaya Real Estate, our other sponsor making the show possible. They're a local app helping people sell their homes in a unique way. If you're in the market to buy or sell, make sure you go and check them out and tell them that Patty G sent y'all. And well, this has been the latest episode of the Patty G Show here with Anne at Red Stick Spice Company, guys. Y'all, thank y'all so much. Y'all have a good one.